following sermon was delivered at the 1030 worship service at the United Methodist Church of Kent. Please enjoy. So let us pray. Awesome God, we bless you. We thank you this day. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your word that never returns to you void. It has a purpose and a mission today. So let our ears hear, our eyes see, our hearts receive what you are saying to us. Oh God, let Angela decrease and you increase. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. How you doing? Woo, I like y'all. Y'all talk back to the preacher. So of course, giving honor to God and to our wonderful dear bishop, to your uh, awesome pastor who's been hosting and guiding me through the services today, Dr. Palmer, um, to all of you um, brothers and sisters of Kent and to the guests that I've invited. Thank you all for coming to those who are on Line, we just say, praise be the name of the Lord. So today I want to talk about calling, or called to follow. One of the things that I loved about my experience at Princeton Seminary was the cafeteria. <laughs> oh, come on, y'all. <laughs> it's not going to be what you think. Maybe. But in the cafeteria were these round tables. And it's at the round table that so many things happened. Particularly those conversations as we broke bread together. The conversations that we had about the professors. <clears throat> I hope there aren't any here. But we talked about our professors. We talked about the content of the, of the lessons or the lecture we just heard. We talked about family and friends. We talked about our experiences in life. We talked about what was happening on the campus. We talked about everything. And I, and I, must, I must confess, one of the things that I loved most about our conversations was our time of sharing our call stories. How did we all get here? Not everyone there was called to preach. Some were teachers, some were musicians, some were counselors, some were, some were just exploring, some just wanted to know or have more information. But that call story was awesome because you got to hear people's backgrounds. You got to hear from the Hollywood directors to the diplomatics, uh, um, the diplomatic um, representatives. We got to hear from the urbanites, the suburbanites, the rural and the, and, the, and the city. We got to hear from the rich and the poor. Everybody was there, the young and the old and the people from around the world. You got to hear how they got there. Everybody there, I would dare say, had a call of some sort. And I'm going to say everybody in here has a call. In the, in the, in the, in the, in the pews and online, you, and you're going to understand what I mean. But let me tell you, I was, I was a particular story when I was first there. We were having our orientation, and, and we're sitting around the table, and, um, and, and they had a professor to sit at each table so that we could get to know the faculty a little bit. And, and, and I just happened to have Dr. Dennis Olson, who was, a, who was an Old Testament professor. And so people were going around telling their call story, how they got there and their experience. And so it came to me, and I talked about my call to pastor. 
And, and or, or God had called me the pastor. And I remember, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with Akron, but on Cedar and Broadway, there's the Beacon Journal that sits there. And I'm turning onto Broadway off of Cedar and getting ready to go up to exchange. And this is the last day of class. And I'm turning in my paper. I mean, I'm thinking I'm about done. Woohoo! I can go start my career and everything. And then I hear the voice of the Lord say, I want you to pastor. Mind you, I'm in a two-door small cult, and I'm looking around like, what? I'm still, I mean, I'm paying attention to, I'm, to, to the road, but I'm still messed up. Who's talking to me? I'm sharing my story and um, um, at the table, and this lady out of nowhere says, oh, God doesn't talk like that. God doesn't do that anymore. And I was like, oh, God, am I in the right place? But she says it again. God doesn't do that. And she was looking at the Old Testament professor. And I'm like, oh, please, please help me. And the professor says, oh, yeah, he does. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And he starts going down the list. He starts going down the line or naming all the prophets who heard the voice of the Lord speak. And so it is my hope and my prayer today that God is using my voice to mess with you. I want God to speak to you. I hope I'm the one that God is using to prick you, to make you uncomfortable. Because God has this way. I don't know about your experience with God, but my experience with God, sometimes he just makes us uncomfortable, uh, me. That doesn't happen to you. As we look at our story today, as we look at the disciples, these men were at work. Right? The, the, the disciples were at work mending their nets or casting their nets to fish. And here comes Jesus. We are minding our business. You are minding your business. And it's just like God to come and interrupt your day. Can I get a witness? Right. <laughs> he comes and he says, look at here, boys. I'm paraphrasing. The Bible doesn't say that. Angela is saying that. <laughs> look at here. I want you to come and follow me. Maybe they'd heard about Jesus. Maybe they'd heard him preach or they had his, knew a little bit of something about him. But we don't have all the background information. But we do know Jesus is on the scenes and he comes by their job and he says, follow me. And what do they do? We see them going immediately, dropping what they were doing, and they're following him. Church, everybody in here who is a disciple, who's heard God's call or God is messing, I'm here to tell you God says to follow him. Follow him. What are you doing? I don't know what you're doing in your life, with your life, through your life. Uh, uh, um. But Jesus says today, everybody in here, please hear the sound. God is saying, follow me. We may be in all various walks of our, in our lives. We may be at different ages and stages. But I'm here to tell you that the, the sound of the call is still out there. When you look in the scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God called the young and the old. He called, he called men and he called women. He says, follow me. I got something for you to do. 
And what I love about it, when you think about the word followed, I'm just going to stop here just for a, or stand here just for a second. When you think about the word follow, it is not an idol or it is not just being. Follow is action. Follow is, 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 and I'm hoping and I'm praying, where you started your journey in life when you first heard God's call to where you are now. You've been following him. I'm hoping and praying that throughout your life there's been maturations, there's been changings, there's been transformation in your life, there's been some newness, and there's, yes, and I know that there's been some toughness because that's a part of following Jesus. Amen. But there's been some rewards, there's been some joys, there's been some praises, there's been some triumphs, there's been some overcomings. When you look at the book, when you look, when you look at the disciples, with the, um, starting with these four and later on adding the eight, and when you look at their journey, you see how they are in the Gospels. But when you get to the book of Acts, oh, they're a whole different crew now. Woohoo! They're in there changing, they're up there changing Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and they're up there changing the world, and the, and, 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 and the word of God begins to spread, and things begin to happen and changes. They're going before, they're going before boards. They're going, I'm sorry, y'all. They're going before boards. They're going before the government. They're going into all these places, and they're standing because they've been called to follow. They're not following the political uh, um, whatever it is of that day or today. Yeah, I figured y'all would like that one. Because it's not about following the politics. It's not about following, it's not about uh, um, following Democrat or Republican, but it's always about following Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's about following Christ. When you look at this story, when you look at this text, after Jesus calls them, he then goes into Capernaum and he starts preaching in the synagogues or preaching in the churches. He goes into the community. He started laying hands and he started changing things where the demons were. He, start, he starts healing people. He starts speaking and preaching the good news. And I know I can get a witness that our world today, Kent and Akron and, and Ohio and the United States, and our world needs the gospel message somebody needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and we got the news church we've been called to follow and to and to spread the word our world is so broken and so hurt it's so dark our world needs to know that there is hope and he is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Our world needs to know that there is healing because he is the balm of Gilead. Our world needs light because he is the light of the world. As a matter of fact, when you look at the next few chapters, in the next few chapters after the call story, we go into the Sermon of the Mount. And on the Sermon of the Mount, he, ch he challenges us on how to have a good attitude with the Beatitudes. He tells us how to pray. He tells us not to judge. He tells us to love our enemies. He tells us to go deeper into prayer by asking seeking and knocking he tells us to build our lives not on sand but on the rock and who is the rock but Jesus Christ 
Later on, we find or we see throughout, and I, of course, you guys know I'm hitting and missing, or I'm just I'm I'm skipping around throughout the gospels. But when you get to the when you get to the story of Jerusalem, when you get to the story with Jesus turning and going to Jerusalem, Jesus had to know. Jesus had to make sure that his disciples knew who he was. He asked the question, "Who do men say that I am?" What's the word out on the street? I know every once in a while we say, I don't care what people say about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus did. He says, what they saying about me? They gave him the answers, but it was, it was a lesson in it. And then he turns and says, who do you say that I am? Disciples, followers of Christ, who do you say Jesus is? I'm hoping that if I was to sit beside each and if I was to sit and to, to have conversations with each of you, I would hear all sorts of stories. But I'm hoping and praying that I would hear stories of you knowing down deep in your soul who Jesus is and what Jesus can do. How he's changed you, how he's transformed you, how you don't think the same or you don't look the same or act the same. All oh, since Jesus came into my life. But he said, who do you say that I am? Because Jerusalem was not an easy place to be or to go. And it was there in that time when Jesus says, if anyone wants to come after me, he needs to deny himself. She needs to deny her, herself. Take up your cross and do what? Follow him. Following Christ will come with the price. But I heard someone say, it's all, it's worth it. Because when all is said and done, Paul says that we may, if we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. Hallelujah to Jesus. That is good news. My brothers and sisters of Kent United Methodist Church, we've been called to be the salt of the earth. And we've been called to be light of the world. It is my hope and my prayer that we would add the flavor of God to a place that's an, and to, and to, and to situations that needs to know that God is the spice in your life that can turn things around. Our world needs to know that they are loved. And as my friend would say, they are loved and lovable. There are people that's been rejected and, and, and abandoned and forsaken. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus knows where they are. And he uses you and me to go and proclaim to them the good news. That Jesus came and he died. And the scripture says he saves to the utmost. And finally, let me say this. We are to be like Jesus if we are to follow him. If we're going to follow him, we will be like him. Jesus tells his, his disciples in the 28th chapter of Matthew, go into all the world. Do what? Make disciples. Jesus calls us. And we got to go. Because we have to be about, as Jesus says when he was 12 years old, I got to be about my father's business. And he is calling us to follow. Don't y'all remember the old hymn that says, I can hear my Savior calling? I'll go with him all the way. Amen.
D.S. Lewis referred to her uh, memories of uh, the cafeteria at Princeton Theological Seminary and, and the, the meaningful conversations that would take place around the round tables there. I remember the cafeteria at Princeton. What I remember are the ice cream bars <laughs> that, that were free. God speaks to us on, on different levels, but I, I encourage you right now to open your heart and let God speak uh, to you today. Let us be in a spirit of prayer. Oh Lord, we give thanks that you call us. We thank you that you speak to each one of us. You are reaching to us today, drawing us afresh into that life of discipleship where we follow you, where we experience your forgiving, renewing, uplifting love in our hearts, where we are inspired and empowered to join with you in reaching out to the world with compassion to share the good news of your kingdom. Inspire us, O oh Lord, indeed, to follow, to move forth in life, walking with you and sharing with one another in the life of your kingdom today. We thank you that you draw us into the church where we can grow in faith and we can reach out effectively in mission to others. We reach out to those in this local congregation who are in times of particular need. We remember those who are in times of illness or recuperating from surgeries. We pray especially this morning for Tim Price and all who are in, in times of, of challenge. We pray for your healing and strengthening power. We thank you for the broader church. We thank you for our district, and we lift up our fellow United Methodists this morning at the Lakemore United Methodist Church. We thank you for how we are connected with other congregations. We give thanks this morning for D.S. Lewis, for her testimony here today, and for her guidance for this congregation, especially as uh, we are now in this time of uh, pastoral transition. We thank you for our bishop, for the whole conference, and for the ways that we can indeed work together and for the way we can join with the whole church to make an impact on the world today. We live, O oh Lord, in a hurting world, but you speak a word of grace and hope. Inspire us to hear that word in our own hearts and then to go forth to tell the good news to share in our own lives how your spirit would flow through us that we might be instruments of your grace and peace in our time and that we might reach out to the whole world with your everlasting love. Guide us, Lord, as we each go forth as your disciples and as we lift to you our thanks and our praise. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the United Methodist Church of Kent Sermon Podcast. For more information about the church, visit www.kentmethodist.org.